Welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Simon Blair, and with my co-host Emma Doyle, we explore how to coach for success in both sport and business. Suzanne Waldron, welcome to The Coaching Podcast. Thank you, Simon. Absolute pleasure to have you here. To kick things off, you're a leadership and behavioral change expert. Tell us a bit about yourself and I suppose your role as a coach in your work as a, as a change, change expert. Uh, I, I truly believe uh, in humans. I, I love humans. I love um, the, our ability to uh, make a lot of choices in our life and create our own meaning and our own truth. And I decided early on in my coaching career that I wanted to work with people who have significant influence or the ability to make social change Um, and my role behind the scenes is to help them to be as clean and as productive as they possibly can be so their their ripple effect you know their on flow effect is is really one that is is positive and significant Um, and I I I really work under the the philosophy of co-creation how we can co-create experiences um, both from personal insight as well as externally. So um, I get a lot of satisfaction from supporting people in that way. Terrific. Suzanne, the first question, pineapple on pizza, love it or hate it? Oh, my goodness, I love games. Okay, um, no, no pineapple on pizza, although although I will say this, never say never, and I, if it was on it, I would eat it, but would I choose it? No. Suzanne, what's your worst coaching experience? Okay, so there are a few philosophies that I have, well, belief systems that I have around there isn't really no such thing because everything is meant to be how it is and it's a learnable experience, but doesn't mean it's always enjoyable. So I will go with an experience I had with a client very early on that felt like I was moving through mud the entire time. I was very new to coaching and um, she was very perplexing to me. And it just, we, we had a lot of sessions and I just didn't feel like I could connect with her. There's a lot of learnings from it, but I'll go there in a sec. Um, and during those experiences, I felt like I had to try really hard and she didn't get out of it what I felt like she was coming to me for. And that would, that is probably my worst nightmare is that someone spends time with me and it hasn't been worthwhile. Now, saying that, everything is always worthwhile um, because our intentions are amazing and we still get experiences from that. Now, I can't speak for her. She may have got something out of it. But what I learned was also the types of people that I want to work with, and she just wasn't one of them. Um, We didn't have connection. We couldn't co-create the way I would now. Um, And I also learned when to stop. Like, when are you not the right person for someone? So... Mm -hmm. When I say it was the worst, it, it just felt – when I think of colours, it just felt dark and it felt hard. But I ta- I, it, it taught me a lot and I've got no idea what it taught her. Now, what would you say is your best coaching experience? Oh, okay. So um, there's 700 million to choose from, but there is one that is recent-ish and um, – I, get, I gave my position, myself permission a long time ago to be very fluid in my coaching style um, and to, you know, it's the essence of co-creating is being able to move with the moment 
through the person and I just trust that I've got a working knowledge that can bring out many different experiences for the person I'm working with. And I was with a very senior guy um, who is under a lot of responsibility and pressure and we're sitting in my coaching room and I just looked at him and I just knew that we needed to leave. We needed to leave the building. And I just, look, I just looked at him and I said, I said, can you be without your phone for like 45 minutes? And he said, yes. And I said, all right, do you want to blow this joint? And he went, yes. So we left all our stuff in the coaching room. It was raining outside. We walked outside and we had this beautiful walk where I just tasked him with, you choose where we go, I'll follow you. You, you just choose where we want to walk. But whilst we're walking, I want you to notice what it's like for you and what, what you see, feel, hear around you, and then just give me some insight as to what's happening. And we were getting wet, and the, in, it, we were in Northbridge, so in Perth there's, there's lots of murals and whatnot around on the walls. It's fabulous. And he started to connect with the fact that he, when he was very, very young, wanted to be an artist and talked about all these forgotten moments that he had, probably hidden or or not, you know, allowed himself to remember. And we got to the end of our walk and, you know, I, I jumped on an art piece and we were, it was a, it was just really funny and beautiful but also really deep and completely exploratory. And when we got back in the, you know, in the room, he said, God, I don't let myself wander. I don't let myself dream. I don't let myself just, you know, allow my subconscious to do its work. And he felt something. And from that, he... I won't go into it because it's probably a little bit too revealing as to, you know, his own story. But the, he, he went on to do a few things with his kids and he, and he created some stuff with them um, in a creative sense. And he brought them to me and showed me. And, you know, it, it was just using the instinct that we needed to leave the room and follow an unknown path. Uh, it, it was it was just really moving. Love that. That's a terrific story. That ability to... Um yeah, bring that out of someone and let that, as you've said, go wherever it needs to go. Yeah. And just embrace the moment and the unknown as a, as a coach as well as yeah. to the That's outcomes right. that, that will generate. All the signs are there. He's sitting there. You know, if you think about it environmentally, we're sitting in a room, him sitting down, in in the conversations, all the things that he already knows. Yeah. It's all the environment he knows, the structure of the relationship he already knows. He's got a big weight of responsibility. So to be able to reverse that for someone and take them into a completely different, you know, we as coaches need to hold the hub of trust and the hub, the hub of rapport so that they can attach to that and be in a place with us where we can then let them be uncomfortable in a comfortable situation. Comfortably awkward is a term of, yes. I do use that a lot in my own coaching. I was facilitating the other day a group and I, and I was like, hands up, who's feeling awkward right now? And everyone's like, hands up, like, me too. And you know what? Sometimes this is where stuff changes. So if you can hold this space with me, right. let's just be awkward and we'll go with it. That's where the magic happens. That's, That's where the magic happens. Someone... Just hold. It's like a squat. <laughs> you just got to squat, hold to feel the burn. And it'll be fine. <laughs> is there a key sliding doors moment in your career? Okay, again, picking one. Uh, <laughs> Yes, um, I'm going to go into business models here because um, I think this is where sometimes um, coaches particularly uh, cap themselves financially and through a business model. And I had the opportunity to learn through Thought Leaders Business School 
um, the, a way of being able to run my practice, and I call it practice on purpose, um, that allows me to be a sole trader and also be really financially uh, acu- acutely aware of being able to financially grow my business um, without having to have lots of staff or having to employ other people to try and be like me. There was a moment where I was offered so many different opportunities to be a franchise coach or to, you know, you know, farm other coaches out. And, and I realized, you know, like, but basically leaves me being the admin person and everybody else is doing all the good stuff. So um, this, this philosophy um, and business model is that a practice is someone who works by themselves. You are your IP. No one else can do what you do because it's your thoughts, your skill set, um, and you are known for knowing something. Whereas a business is so much more about, um, you know, growing it, being able to exit it and sell it on and other people predominantly doing the work. There might be widgets involved and all those sorts of things. So I made a a choice um, a few years ago to run a practice model, which means that I work by myself. You can have a couple of support staff, you know, as as business um, grows or the practice grows. Um, and that you, from a financial perspective, um, can really elevate your price point due to the value and the worth that your IP and your own thinking um, dictates. Whereas in the business model, when you've got other people taking a big portion of the money or you're using other people's IP, which is capped generally at a price point, um, it's really helped me with my financial security and also um, my ability to remain autonomous and independent in my own thinking and owning my own style. In three words or less, what makes a great coach? Oh, God, I need reflection <laughs> time. Okay, no, no, I can go with it. Hang on. I need to close my eyes and think. No, no, I'm going to feel. Okay, three words. Okay. So genuine. Adaptable and loving. Because I think sometimes we forget. Like, so I love in many different ways. I love people. Like I love my clients. Mm. I'm okay with that. And it's so, so like it's the naughtiest thing you can possibly say as a coach. Like, like ICF would literally like chop my head off or something, I reckon. Yeah. I disagree. I think... We can love people through situations. It doesn't mean that I am transferring in a negative way. It doesn't mean I am um, not clean. It just means that I have great positive intentions for another human being and to be able to love the connection and love that person is a basic human relationship. And Yeah, I, I think that's why, you know, I've got one client who I've known for 17 years and very few relationships of mine break, and when they do, uh, it is done with love, and it is just means that they transition. Suzanne, do you have a question for the coaching podcast? My question, and it could be a rhetorical one for people to consider, is if you are having trouble getting to the core, if you're really having trouble trying to get to the root, the system of the issue that the person brings, what is it within you that is blocking that process? And I am talking about efficiencies because people tend to sometimes, coaches tend to sometimes go around and around and around and, and, and literally the person is almost telling them. But what I see is a lot of coaches spend time um, in their own stuff at the very beginning trying to think about and uh, build that rapport with someone at the very beginning or 
or they're just in their own head about their own stuff and it's preventing them from being able to chuck patterns or understand the language that is being presented to them where they can put one and one together and make two very early. And the quicker we can do that with someone, the quicker we can move them through to a productive outcome process. So I'd like to see less waffle and talking and content and much more intervention at a very early end. So essentially I want to know if you have a problem with getting to the core of an issue with someone at the very beginning and in the contracting phase at the very beginning of a coaching relationship, what is it within you that stops that process? Suzanne, thank you so much. been an absolute pleasure. Is there any, I suppose, things you would like to promote, uh, let our audience know about the work that you're doing, uh, how people can reach you? Yeah, actually, um, I'm a director of a, a mini documentary series, which is a not-for-profit, and it's called Stories Out Loud, and it's a Facebook channel. And the whole point, so my, my master's degree in coaching and neurolinguistics, I actually studied how do we move from thinking about doing something to actually doing it. As you can tell, I love productivity and outcomes. But I was interested in the psychological determinants of that. So what is it within you or me that allows us to actually do something significantly beyond ourselves? And this uh, documentary series is a short one. It's only three or four minutes long. There's six episodes a year. And we actually spend a lot of time with some fascinating people to uncover what it is that they, who they are, um, so that they have a simple story that makes infinite impact. And I would encourage people to have a look at Stories Out Loud on Facebook. Stories um, Out Loud. Stories Out Loud. And it, and it tracks. Last year we had eight episodes. We're doing six this year because it's quite a lot of work. Uh, and our team are all volunteers, so no money exchanges hands at all throughout this project. And we literally delve into the minds of some very fascinating people who have done something quite significant, but it's not about what they've done, it's about who they needed to be to be able to do that. And I think your audience may appreciate watching that for themselves. Great interview, Simon. Really enjoyed listening to Suzanne. And, uh, yeah, thank you for getting her on the show. How did you get her on? What's your connection there? Uh, actually, um, through my activity, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and um, w- whether it's me posting stuff, but actually just consuming content from others. And I saw a video that she posted, might have been live or it was just pretty organic, pretty raw of her in one of her sessions, um, floating around, maybe talking to, to people, which, yeah, she's giving um, the energy that she had maybe post a workshop that she just delivered and she was talking straight to camera and I watched it by chance and I thought instantly need to have her on the show because as you could hear, and to be honest, how easy is it to interview someone like Suzanne because the energy, the vibrancy, the literally the communication and the passion for what she does is just front and centre and the storytelling and and that's what I resonated with me when I watched this video and so I, so I messaged her, which I've done with a couple now just on LinkedIn, said, I want you to be on the show and she was like, oh, fantastic, would love to. Um, because people like to be asked. I don't know if you, you found that as well with asking guests to, your you know, potential guests to, mm. to appear. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, my two rules of thumb for getting in touch with people that you don't know is ask them to buy them a coffee at their convenience at a location that's going to suit them in the next yes. two weeks. And then my other favourite one is uh, we would love to have your guest on the coaching podcast. And then, all you know, it's incredible the relationships that then can just trigger from that. 
Absolutely. So, so look, Suzanne, yeah, wonderful guest, and um, she gave us some tremendous, uh, like some of her phrasing. Quotes, some yeah. Of the, you could use it in quotes. Um, Let's go for the first one, moving through mud. <laughs> Worst coaching moment. It was like moving through mud. We've all had those days. Uh, if you haven't had those days, then you're not a coach. Sorry. Oh, absolutely. Where it just feel it's, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard work. It's, it's a slog. Um, totally. Yeah. And the client feeling like their time's not worthwhile or you're feeling like that they haven't got anything out of that. I know sometimes I go, well, gee, you know, mm-hmm. ha- have I really made an impact here? Yeah. And, you know, of course there's a number of different reasons for that, but her lesson is in learning, again, getting really clear on what her message is and the different types of people that she wants to work with and mm-hmm. getting really clear on that, which I think is a really cool lesson. I wonder for yourself, Emma, if you had situations like that with – yeah, uh, where, for sure. Where you're in that in that situation? Yeah, for sure. I think, look, every you know the important point I think here is that every situation is uniquely different because as individuals that come across and um, in our coaching life, we can't always choose who we work with as well. Like I might be given a team of players to take away that I know that yeah I'm going to bring out the best in that person fairly easily because of my style and my mm-hmm. and and maybe those other ones I'm not so. Again, depending on the situation, depending on why you're there, the more remember as coaches that we can change who we are, yes. um, then we can adapt others. And that's what she says in her best coaching moment, the permission to be fluid. Another great quote. <laughs> in her, yeah, in her coaching style. We, we, Simon and I are going to definitely beg, borrow, steal that quote uh, because – that's one of the things I think, you know, you can go to a course and you can learn, say, even in, in coaching, the coaching world, the grow model, what's the goal, what's the reality, what are the options and what are the way forward? Now, that's the structure, the basic structure of a, a real simple life coaching model. Now, you know, at the end of the day, when you've got your coaching toolkit on, it might not be the goal that you need to start with. Maybe there needs to be emotional clearing before you even get there. Maybe there needs to be, you know, what's at the core of really why you've come to see me. Let alone starting with what's your goal. So classic example of knowing when to go where based on as much information you can gather before the session, so doing your homework and being prepared and then being able to, with with experience over time, knowing which tool you need to pull out of your coaching toolkit. Um, I love that. And, Emma, what I've – in quite recent times in the last few months, even had had a session in the last couple of days where – I've realized what my own coaching model is and I've started to – because I do a lot of management coaching and coach-the-coach sessions and what I've been applying um, and certainly the GROW model has been there for years and used very successfully. uh, But the model that I historically and still do teach uh, sales, frontline sales and customer service staff in how to interact with customers to – drive, deliver a resolution or to deliver an outcome, solution to a problem, uh, is now the same, exact same model in terms of the core structure in that I'm using with coaches to have better coaching conversations with their staff because it's the same stuff because everything's a sales process. You know, we're all trying to sell as coaches our ideas, trying to influence behavior, yeah, influence action, uh, shift thinking, let alone selling in the case of a person on the phone, a product or a service. So as a coach in business, you're trying to, you've got an outcome that you're trying to work towards, but the outcome, the goal, uh, doesn't have to be predetermined. You can have a sense of what it is because the, the best coaching conversations that I've had and what I'm now teaching others is engage the person 
and how you do that. There's many options and that's where the fluidity comes into it and the adaptability. But it's that discovery process through great questions and conversation where the individual is allowed to be a participant in the process. So together you can actually create the outcome that's going to work for the person in the, in the moment. Um, so the process of engage, discover, educate, close, and then the energy and style, which is the fifth competency that you bring to the table, is my model for sales and customer service, mm. and that's now my coaching framework. Um, wow. Do you remember in an earlier episode where I started to teach you the call process mm-hmm. that I, I teach, and we, we use those steps? Because um, what it is, is it's a process for having better conversations. And the key, well, the mistake that so many staff make, uh, whether it's managers or staff talking to customers, is they bring assumptions to the table. So it's actually how do you car park assumptions and actually find out root cause. Get to root cause, and Suzanne mentioned that about getting to the core. That's the method of getting to the core, and that's Mm. what I've been teaching. It's been such a recent, um, quite a revelation for me to find my own coaching process, I suppose. Mm, mm. But um, more than that, understanding not only does it work but why it's working and why it relates to conversations with customers equally as it does conversations with, say, staff. Because in that moment, they are your customer. You know, if you're the coach of a staff member, they're your customer and you've all got a thing you're working towards and you've got a problem you're trying to solve. Um, and so it's the process of problem solving. So, thanks for sharing that. That was um, there you go. Some, That's some real awesome. IP that you've <laughs> that you know we're very lucky that you've shared that with us. Thank you. Which well, so, yeah. so the, to put it back on you, what's so what is um, do you have a particular model that from you expose yourself to a lot of different models? Mm. And you're very big on you from your own development over the years in terms of just coaching practices, leadership practices. In from so many, mm. you know, um, pioneers of coaching and then leadership. What what is it that do you have a go to sort of model, or mm-hmm. do you tend to apply different models depending on the situation? Yeah, I think uh, as a catalyst to answer that question, uh, Suzanne talks about the thought leadership practice. So yes. I'm also um, this is certainly something that I truly believe in, and I've. Uh, studied a lot of fantastic content from some pioneers here in Australia in Matt Church and Peter Cook and the thought leadership practice model is is brilliant and it is about models and they teach you a lot about models and one thing that I truly believe in is depending on the uh, the say the industry uh, so giving you a tangible specific example let's say um, I'm going into a corporate industry that they've I've obviously done my homework. The needs analysis is that the team needs help around mindset. Yep. So I've got a core model, say, for example, around communication, confidence, and purpose. Yep. And then within that, there are nine accelerators that I think are really important. And then having the team actually just grade themselves and and do a self-audit, red light, orange light, green light on each of the nine accelerators, then as a group, and I think this, by the way, is the way of the future, is actually tailoring even the Empower Hour into the three main strategies as a group yes. that they agree on that they want to work on. So not only is it Emma Dore coming in saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is my content that I think you should have, it really sits in line with the philosophy of they're saying this is what we actually need 
and then um, me as your your in your model educating with regards to well here are the strategies yes. that support for example one of the areas they wanted was routines so I was talking about how you start your morning with regards to um, the notifications on your phone when you turn your alarm off and the next thing you know you've already done you've checked Facebook and you've checked Instagram and you've yeah, yeah. And, rather than starting your day that way you put all your notifications regarding social media into a folder so it's so small when you hit your alarm button you don't see that and then all of a sudden the first thing you do is you do your gratitudes while you make your cup of tea in the morning yeah so Brilliant. you're setting your very day up, practical very practical that was one of the things that they resonated with yep. how to set their day up for success now there's a tangible example of how we take um exactly what she said in relation to being fluid to say this is what the group needs mm. um but it's also me getting out of my own way and listening to what what they need so yeah. if we maybe even go to that question straight yeah, away her question let's go there now straight while we're on the topic of if you're having trouble getting to the core of the issue what is it within you that's blocking it yeah uh and instantly when i heard her say that it goes back to the great challenge and beha- I suppose behavior that I'm always trying to shift in my coaching with uh, frontline sales staff is get out of your own way. You're your own worst enemy because when you when you live and breathe the operation you work in, you're there day to day, call after call, you're invested and bombarded by your product, your systems, your process. That dominates your thinking. So when you've got that caller who's got a need, um, and that's why they say on the phone with you, in that moment, they don't care about any of that like you do, unfortunately, and that's one call for them. And for you, this is potentially one in 50 that day. And so therefore, because your head is full of your product, your service, it comes out in conversation. It comes out in even the questioning. So even when I teach that discovery method, which is the skill of asking great questions to get to root cause. You start with open conversation, so you get them talking and expressing, and then that guides what the next question set should be, and that can be fluid um, because you've got them talking first, so you get a sense of the person. Um, What tends to happen is the questions, they jump too quickly too early to the specific questions that are aligned to what they want to get out of the process as the salesperson. Mm, so that's what's blocking them. And that's what they're getting in the way of mm. the, the customer. And we know as consumers, poor experiences we often have is because the salesperson is dominating that conversation. They're making it about them. They're crapping on about their products, their services, rather than being present in, I suppose, com- true conversation. Mm, active listening. And active listening. And and so it's for coaches that I teach as well, That's I see that also manifest mm. itself. They mm. go too quickly to the operational things that they're trying to improve, look at, change, rather than getting to the real reason, the root cause, the core, as to why that problem exists in the first place. Mm. So, One of the common things that I notice in the, specific in the tennis coaching world, uh, what's blocking a lot of coaches is they're wanting, and, and this often comes from a good intention, but they're wanting to share their knowledge so passionately that their map of the world is their map of the world. This is how I played. This is what worked for me. And that's all great information, but it might not be great in that moment. How relevant is it to that moment, to yeah, that person? Yeah. Um, I used to have this coach. I used to get, you know, the uh, state squad girls all warmed up, ready to go, and there was an amazing coach who'd coach Grand Slam champions, and then I'd he'd stand and tell what I would call a war story for 20 minutes. <laughs> 
And the girls not only would get cold, not only wouldn't, you know, zoning out. Yeah, zoning out, <laughs> not, you know, so it really didn't set up the, the, the practice for, you know, with the, with the best um, mm. outcome. And, and, and I, yeah, that's hard too for me to even reflect that back to a senior person, yes. which as a young coach, which I didn't do. Uh, but, you know, yeah, now I would now. Yes. Because uh, I'm not going to stand for it. Because all, all I'm interested in is how to, how do we get them better faster? Absolutely. Um, and and one of the things we often hear in the in this podcast when we talk about you know the three uh, best what are you, the three keys to what makes a great coach? Yeah? One of the common things is passion. That can be a trap because when you so and when it's combined with the knowledge, you're such an expert and you're so passionate about it that overwhelming need is to express it. And so it's going too quickly to the mm. solution, to the information when you probably need to stay in that mode of listening and discovery a bit longer. And thank you for bringing that up because that is like just being really honest that I would say right now is what is blocking me. So yeah, right. when I present, like recently I ran a, a beginning coaching course. And so, you know, but a month before I'm running a high performance coaching course in Poland. So uh, when I ran the beginning coaching course, someone asked me a question, and, and I want to I want to provide five stories and answers, and because I'm so passionate, and you know, there's a big knowledge base there of 28 years of coaching. So, yes, I could go there, but is that the best for the? And that's sometimes what what blocks me. So, quick coaching lesson, Emma, because I had literally had this having this coaching uh, around the, exactly the same method for better conversations with a. Um, a sales uh, staff member at the moment with a client that I work with. And it's because um, often the customers they've got, they bomb, throw questions at you while you're still gathering yeah, in that discovery mode. So it's this, it's like you do as a facilitator in training workshops and that, you know, when you get certainly the stronger personality types that like to talk and ask questions and they've got this overwhelming need to, to know. No. It's, that, it's that skill of just car parking the answer yep. and, and what you say to um, sell the fact that what's the benefit to them as a result of not answering the question right now. Um, and that takes practice and you need to have a, a sense of what to say, but it is as um, that you're validating the question itself. That, that was, that's absolutely a great question and relevant. And I'm also definitely going to answer that in a moment. Um, once I just clarify and check a few other things as well. And in fact, and you might even um, restate what the question is. So you're demonstrating your understanding. And then you control the conversation again by asking a question of them. So that's fantastic. Um, we'll look at that later in regards to the thing you've just said. Um, can I, is there other things that you think I need to know that we can also then address a bit later? Is is one just yeah. way to, to handle technique? Those yeah, it's funny you call it. Um, um, I call it parking lot, so it's a bit similar <laughs> yeah. to the, the the car concept. But you know, butcher paper side yeah. of the wall, great question. I'm going to pop that over here, and I might actually cover that in my next newsletter. But it's actually right or you know outside of this workshop because so it's actually. You are explaining why. Actually explaining, yeah. It's yeah. actually what we cover in the Club Pro coaching course, but this is the community coaching course, for example. Perfect. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's really, really, I think, one of the biggest things I see in coaches because, you know, because of the passion, as you said. They so to, They want to add the value. They want to answer. Yeah. So can we just quickly go back to, of course, uh, walking in the rain. We've got <laughs> being comfortable in a in 
in a comfortable moment was actually the wording that I really liked that she said and him connecting with being an artist and creative and just no mobile phone and but asking I love the the questions of course around see feel think yeah and and letting you know letting him lead and just without saying I've got to walk this way I've got to walk that way I've got to get this done and I've got to tick this box and rah rah rah. Um, so much can happen when we break pattern like that and that's an awesome awesome story I love it yeah and you're you're absolutely great yourself Emma doing that I've seen seen you do that firsthand and uh, and what Suzanne mentioned that I uh, something that I use a a fair bit and resonated with me is that uh, the conditions for growth the conditions for uh, improvement stem from individuals going to those places uh, of discomfort. And when there's a little bit of chaos and discomfort and awkwardness, that's when it's the perfect environment for then the assistance of a coach or a mentor um, to show them the way through and together to, to work through that. Um, because without Without that discourse, without the, I, I like to call it being comfortably awkward. Um, and as a coach, creating the environment that it's okay, it's like wearing the new pair of shoes. So if there's new behavior, a new habit that you're potentially starting with, of course it's going to feel uncomfortable. Of course it's going to feel unnatural because you haven't got that groove yet of repetition and mm-hmm. refinement. And um, yeah, how do you, that's a, that's a skill, isn't it, of a coach to be able it to. Facilitate the process of people going from that awkwardness, that discomfort into becoming comfortable. But it's also, it's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. That's where the magic happens. Mm. It's true with artists. And she talked about the creativity. Mm. There's a great quote that I've shared about David Bowie where, where, you know, it's, it's in the margins. It's in when you're on the edge of being out of your comfort zone is when, as an artist, songwriter in his case, the real creative burst and inspiration can come from. And I think it's true with in our both of our areas and then the people we deal with. I mean, I'm sure you've got a million examples of people being uncomfortable, mm. you've, you've coached, and the amazing growth that comes from those moments. Mm. I love her quote around uh, allow, sub, allow the subconscious to do the work. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about here. The only thing, the only different take that I would say on what you've said in where I'm having a lot of success, especially as you know, I'm big in the the space of working with girls, Yes. especially teenage girls, is the word stretch the comfort zone. You've heard me say Mm -hmm. this before. The minute people think that I'm going to throw them out of the comfort zone, the barriers go up, the defense goes up, they don't hear what I'm ha- hear what yeah. I have to say. It, they're afraid. They're afraid and also afraid of the unknown. Yep, so. and why why should I what yeah. you know what what's, what's in it for me? That's yeah. right. Whereas just the word stretch, really love it. It's it's yeah and it's staying it's, connected to the their ex- core, the, the thing. core yeah. of what's gonna motivate them to actually wanna yeah. to pick up a new habit or a behavior or yeah. routine, whatever it might be. So um, but you're stretching to the. I'm getting a visual representation mm, here to the outer. That's right. Areas where that's right. you don't normally reside. 
Yeah. The the example I use a lot in workshops is is Shrek. You know, you know, augers are just like onions. They've lots and lots of layers. You know, I don't know what accent that was. I've been traveling in too many different countries, but you know, the, the core of the core of their being. You know, we talk about their superpowers. I do a lot of work around that. Their three core superpowers, and then just add that one layer. So who who's in your world that you want to be like, or that you could stretch yourself or get in touch with to to grow, and then you know just stretch, stretch, stretch. You know, I didn't take away the Junior Fed Cup team straight away. I first took away the tens and the fourteens and the yeah. sorry the twelves and the fourteens, then the sixteen. You know, yes. so it's 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 really important, especially you know if you are coaching females, mm. that you empower them at a rate that they are comfortable with. Yes. Yet it's stretching them. Absolutely. So just a, a little play on words there yeah, I that I, I think really, Terrific. really might help um, some of the coaches out there listening. And you know, thought leaders. We're talking about a thought leadership practice. Going back to that, it's so it's such a great model because you are uniquely you, mm. and your IP is you. And uh, building the practice around that is is a really different way of thinking. It used to be, mm. you know, when I first ran my first business, I didn't call it Amador's Professional Tennis Coach. I called it Tennis Innovations yes. because I wanted multiple people to be to be seen as the collaborative head coaches. Now I've shifted. So I'm, you know, in a similar world where my business is Emma Doyle's practice and it's, it's working. I've just set up, transitioned to a new business name, uh, Simon Blair Coaching. Right. <laughs> right. exactly the same reasons. reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love what she said about, you know, financially capping versus the financial freedom when you base your, your thoughts around really cool sustainable business models that are impactful, that's when you can really grow and, and uh, yeah, I encourage everyone out there. And charge more, to, Emma, yes. in a practical sense. Yes. In, um, in terms of getting return from that investment you've made and growth you've had as a coach. Yeah. And, uh, and the psychology around money. That, that That's right. And, and she articulated that really well, the difference between a practice and a business. Business. Um, so that, yeah, true. Yeah, and in the tennis coaching world, of course, you're trading time for money. And yeah, even an average a club pro yeah. tennis coach made $80 an hour is, is still expensive. And, and I'm. Time's limited. That's right. But it's you got to think beyond, of course, you know, it's not yeah. an hour. Think value. It, think value. Think value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And can I just say, I loved, but, you know, what makes a great coach? She goes, I need to think about it. And then she's like, ah, oh, hang on. No, I'm going to close my eyes and feel. feel. Yes. So again, she's just. Like if we get out of our own way as listening to that interview, yes, she's she's feel based. So Absolutely. if we were coaching her, we'd be asking feel based questions. How right. did that make you feel? Absolutely. What did you feel in that moment? Two yeah. great questions, practical Brilliant. questions, brilliant questions, and um, and I think a lot of coaches because that that might not be a strength of their own uh, in terms of not as emotive or not as naturally empathetic they might struggle with going there in terms of those sorts of questions. But so I think though the value to try that out, to get a sense, give the person an opportunity to express how they're feeling as well as the practical things, because mm. it's always the combination and mm. it's um, addressing both is I think mm. where you can get the best, best return. And also when I'm, you know, I'm really discovering um, more about you know, people fascinate me. You know, I'm yeah, absolutely. Same. I love people watching. I love, you know, when they might put their their hands subconsciously on their heart and then say, "I really think this," 
and you can see it's the a disconnect. Gets, gets it's a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, You know, or what they've said isn't actually what yeah, they're feeling. No. Because their hearts, they're almost protecting their heart. So reading these things and, and um, you know, really taps into, you could hear it, genuine, adaptable, loving, what makes a great coach. Absolutely. And she was really strong on the, the, the loving and clarifying exactly what, you know, the, the context of that, a very Intense. humanistic uh, way and something fundamental human need. Uh, yeah, that we all have. the positive intention that we have for that person will get better. And let's be honest, it's love and also the word I like to use there is connection. Yes. Connection because yes. that's what she's talking about. If you're connected to your, your <sighs> coachee, then they're going to improve because you're going to see, you know, wanting to see how far they can go and you see that in them and you want that for them and in a loving way. Yeah, and that's the nature of empathy. It's, um, oh, I'm remembering uh, – I use it. I use it in my training sessions. Brené Brown, one of the world's great uh, pro- vulnerability, power of vulnerability, and that, empathy, yeah, yeah, empathy, and, and empathy. Yeah. Uh, there's a great, great video on, online around empathy that's short and sharp, and really, because a lot of people often get confused by empathy. Mm. Um, and the key language that she uses in relation to what you just said is empathy fuels connection, uh, while sympathy can drive disconnection. Yeah, because there's a major, major difference. Sympathy, feeling sorry for someone, as opposed, to, which can be a bit patronising and great distinction. Yeah. Um, so, and it's important because in it's a lot of the work I do in complaint handling, in customer service, um, you're often dealing with strong emotion, uh, and the key to overcoming, um, or I suppose, managing complaints, managing objections. And this is great insight for coaches when you're confronted with disgruntled. Teams, individuals, staff, is you've got to acknowledge what that emotion is that they're feeling uh, through your language and statements and, and using and, and showing empathy for that. Mm. Which, but if you get it wrong, whew, well, that's right. So you've got to have, out. and that's a skill as well. You've got to have mm. a good sense, sense of that, um, which is why you need to let them express themselves and not get in the way. Mm. Jump in the space too quickly. Yeah. And, mm. and then you, it's, it's, you're in a better position to, to um, mm. identify that. Anyway, so, so, yep. I was just going to say, Simon, if you get a chance, um, I was just wondering if you could ask Susan, she, she mentioned that she can often get to the core in six minutes, so I'd, I'd like to flip a question back to her, like what's her best tip on how she does that? And also she said, and generally it comes down to four things. Did you happen to, or could you could you we, follow up there? Yes, I'd, yes. I'd be curious, yeah, and, and, and could you answer that for me right now? What's one area that you would say, you know, in terms of getting to the core of the issue in coaching sessions in your world, like in the space yeah, that yeah. you play at, so goes, what's one of the yeah. four things that you, you know, um, if you had to put it into? So it's in that discovery process um, and it's, in fact, there's one specific question which I've been coaching an individual with just this week to flip, I suppose break the pattern for the customer in a sales context and that is because often the questions about what do you want to good questions these are what do you want to achieve mm-hmm. as a result of buying this product or service um, so what's your long term objective uh, how's it going to benef- benefit you and getting a sense of that talk to me about that what's prompted you to contact us uh, where are you at these are all pretty standard sort of sales questions but something that's often not used is uh, if you weren't to go ahead and buy this product or service what would be the negative impact of that on your situation. 
and then pause <laughs> and mm. hold that pause. Mm. It's very thought provoking, mm. tough question, and unusual. Mm. But it's and how you, in fact, the technique for asking that because it is unusual is you frame it just before you ask it. So I'm just going to ask you a question, Emma. That's uh, might sound a little bit unusual. But I find that in asking, it actually can provide some really key insight, which will mean I can help you better to get the solution you're after. And that is, yeah. And then ask the question. And then ask the question. Yeah. See, the, the context around framing a um, what I call, that would be what I call a laser question, mm. it's really important to, mm. to give a context. bit of context around it. I think that's, that's a really uh, awesome example. So... So um, that's a great question, but can you give me one of the core reasons at the core of the issue? If you were coaching someone yes. in your industry, what's one of the main core reasons that you see that where you know that what's blocking them? As in the coaches? Well, I'll give you an example in my world, yeah, and yeah. then maybe that might sure. help shift. So one of the biggest things I see in coaching coaches, like in the sporting or tennis, yeah. the tennis world. Um, the biggest sources of conflict is actually significance. So they feel like they're not being heard or they've done something for the business that wasn't acknowledged or they put in all this effort and no one even acknowledged. So the the actual um, the, just wanting the manager to say, you know what, I really appreciate that or sh- how they show mm-hmm. things like, do you know what, um, I really love the way you did that. I'm, I'm, I can see that you're really curious about, a topic, hey, he, you know, here's, have you read this book? Mm. So a manager showing interest in them. Mm. Um, to, so it is, it is actually um, a, an acknowledgement of mm. significance that they're contributing to the business is one of the biggest core issues, and I'd, I'd love to hear what her top four are as well. Well, everyone wants to know and feel that they're, they're worthy. Yeah, they're valued. Worth, they're, they're, they are providing value. They have a place. They are contributing and often just in the busyness of business, you know, it, it's, the, it's not addressed enough. It's not focused on enough, mm. like the, the person. Mm. Um, so, so what recently, so my, yeah. my philosophy that I'm, it's at the core of what I'm teaching, which is having amazing, um, causing amazing breakthroughs in conversation and therefore connectedness, Early in conversations, which they're, so they're the outcomes. This is both for coaches and those dealing with customers, and that is people first, customer second. So it's a mindset of because often in business, because you're focused on your what you need to process this customer, get the information you need to talk about your product, which is the wrong way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example that we can all relate to is when you ring up, say, an organisation and they want to ask you for your name, not because they want to know who they're speaking with, but so they can get you into the system and ID you. Mm. So who's that about? Yeah. So what I'm flipping in a very simple way that impacts so many customers is car park that and ask as early in the conversation as you can. Before we continue, can I just, just grab your name? And often customers will reveal their, their name, their address, their details because we've conditioned mm. them to do that. So, no, I actually want to find out who it is I'm speaking with. Oh, Emma, how are you, Emma? Mm. And, and then you move into the transactional stuff. Um, anyway, so my point is that focus on person first right. creates connection. So and, what's the core issue? And then enables the yeah. when you ask the good question, yeah. 
I'm hearing there's your trust, philosophy. There's trust and there's confidence. Yeah. Uh, to so well, it's probing to root cause. You start with an open question. So talk to me about what's prompted mm-hmm. you to give us a call mm-hmm. uh, and what you want to achieve mm-hmm. as a result of you know um, our through our products and services. I'm hearing your method. Yeah, so you got my philosophy. Yeah, you've I've got, got your method. I've, yeah, I've got your method. Yeah, what do you, pin, tell me what you want to pin me. I down. want to hear hear the core issue of why coaches struggle to get to the the core of the issue. Because they don't have, they don't have. Typically, they don't have the technique in yeah. my space. Yeah, they don't know the right questions to ask. Right, to get someone expressing themselves. Right, and as a result of not having that technique. Yep. They therefore fill the space with the things they are comfortable with, yeah. which is their expertise, mm-hmm. their knowledge. So as a coach, it's often the subject matter comes out, they talk around it, talk, talk, talk. In the case of with dealing with customers, they talk about the product, they talk about the service. Mm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for pushing oh you on my that. God. <laughs> this is what this show is about, isn't it? Yeah, well... It's... We need to continue to push each other. Yeah, totally. And what... Our, so was that your our, inability to articulate your requirement of me correctly? Or was it my inability ex- to ask the right questions to check and clarify? I think we need to review this episode. <sighs> and, and What do you think, listeners? Welcome <laughs> <laughs> your comments. I've got a feeling it might be my fault. <laughs> not at all. No, it is not. never a blame game. I think every day. I was in, making assumptions every, around what you were saying. Every way. So that is my fault. Well, we, we, we can all get better and, and grow and, you know, I really would love for you to follow up. And, and find out, you know, four, what the, the four key, core to get to, um, issues are, yeah, yeah. The, are blocking us. Because I think that would be absolutely fascinating. And also I'm curious to know in the space that she plays in, would it be the same as kind of what I see in the sporting world? Because um, mm. I think that's what we really feel on this show. That's why we put it together. The yeah. In the, the corporate world, the sporting world, the parallels of life and business are yes. so similar. And we're really Relationships. Here. It's people, as you, as you said, in your core philosophy. So... Thank you. So, what a fantastic discussion. Very rich and yep. uh, very thought provoking. Yeah. Hey, we're just trying to figure it out as well. <laughs> well we, remember what I said. We reserve the right to grow and always evolve and get better. And that's the beauty of coaching. Yeah. So, uh, until Absolutely. next time. Thanks, Emma. Enjoy your own reflections on this episode. Emma Doyle is an international high performance coach and motivational speaker, helping people to unlock their inner coach. Her mission is to unleash female potential through her Girl Power Camps and the Confidence Matrix program. She can be contacted on email via emma at emmadoyle.com.au or visit her website or Facebook page. And I'm the business owner of Five Degrees, where as a quality sales and customer service coach, I help organizations and their staff deliver better customer experiences through having more effective conversations with their customers. Visit our website, 5degrees, that's F-I-V-E, 5degrees.com.au and I'd love your connection on LinkedIn. Search Simon Blair Contact Centre Coach and you can email me at simon.blair at 5degrees.com.au. Don't forget to find us on Facebook, just search The Coaching Podcast where you can like our page as well as join our group which includes coaching practitioners from around the globe. Thank you for listening.